0: Welcome back everybody to our special online bonus edition. We call it lively extra when 30 minutes is just not enough. Let me reset the paddle panel uh, Wendy Schiller and Ted Nisi and Bob Walsh we had a couple of national issues actually let's start with Ted you had a very interesting story we had Mike DBS on uh, head of RYPEC, uh about a month ago we interviewed him about this big federal windfall coming into Rhode Island and that cuts both ways sometimes it's good sometimes it's not so good this is a once-in-a-generation uh, opportunity To use the money, the question is, how do you use it? And so tell us, set the table. You did a great piece on this, and Mike talked a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jim. Um, you know, it is, it's is—it's an extraordinary amount of money coming into Rhode Island. You know, I, I think we're well past now $2 billion just in the direct government aid that's going to be split between the state getting a billion dollars, half a million for the cities and towns, 400 plus million for the K-12 schools. Um, and that's just the sort of mostly no string, limited strings attached, I'd say, money going to the districts. And there's all sorts of grants and other programs. And, you know, Wendy men- mentioned on the television broadcast about the federal debt and it's certainly something that you know bigger picture we all need to think about and talk about but this has passed and the money's coming so it seems like for at the state and local level it's really it's a question less of debating the debt and more debating how to use the money and uh you know it just seems like it, it is an opportunity if used wisely um to you know, potentially, you could, you know, I, I think about the, the sidewalks that we still use in Providence and Pawtucket that are from the New Deal, the little medallions are still in the sidewalk, you know, you can, if you're smart about it, use these kind of one time uh, infusions to do things that are generations will use, but you really do have to think about it that way, rather than parse it out. So you know, every 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 program gets $100. So you made no impact on any of them. So it's just, I did the story as much as anything, both to tell, say, wow, that's a lot of money. And also to sort of tell people, hey, you know, ask your school districts, ask your state lawmakers, What's their plan? How do they want to use it? You know, and also make sure it doesn't just get squandered. And then in 10 years, we say, what do we do with all that money from the Biden bill?
0: And there's that dichotomy, Wendy, that we've got the structural deficit that now, you know, are we going to just kind of gloss over that or use it for one-time expenses, which Mike DBS talked about. So we've got to go on this parallel track. We're seemingly flush with money, which might help in the short run. But at the same point, we have a big structural deficit. And I'm not sure anybody's looking at that
2: yeah. And, and of course, when Obama passed the now looks sort of tiny, about $900 billion stimulus in 2009, 2010. And Obama they wailed
0: was... about it. Oh, it was so big. Remember, oh, we're going into the abyss, right?
2: Yeah, but also states used it to pay for Medicaid. I mean, they, one of the reasons they did was balance some of their structural entitlement program deficits across the country. And that limited the impact of the stimulus. Literally, the money was sort of soaked up at the state level by government bills and didn't really get down into the economy. So you had a much slower recovery. I think that you ought to be really careful about that right now if you're the federal government looking at what states and localities are going to do with this money. And of course, infrastructure means jobs. Building better schools, new schools, schools that have the physical plant that can be you know modernized so that kids can go to school in a healthy environment. Public housing could be revitalized. These are investments for the future. But if you're going to pay off structural deficits, particularly in entitlement programs, you're going to see the same sort of minimal or, or minimized impact from the stimulus that you saw more than a decade ago.
0: Bob, what effect could this have? We've talked about schools, particularly in COVID, the HEPA filters and all that, but you got a lot of aging buildings and nothing seems to get done. What a huge tranche of money. What about schools and this money?
3: Uh, I think that uh, both Ted and Wendy have have covered it really well.
0: Um, Does that mean you don't have anything to say?
3: Oh, I always have a few. Oh, uh, all right. I have a few pithy observations. I agree with Mike DBA's comment. I think it was to Ted or maybe it was Gary Sass. But we're all on the same page in this. Too much money is sometimes more dangerous than too little money because when you have too little money, it's easy to say no. And when you have too much, it's hard to say no. So we have to look at what Wendy and Ted were outlining, using this for long-term, one-time purposes, the type of stuff you usually bond out and deal with the structural deficit issues that exist anyway separately. So this is where I disagree with Mike, because I'm saying, you know, raise taxes on the wealthiest in Rhode Island so we can balance the budget on an ongoing basis and use as much of this money as possible for one-time efforts. And Wendy hit it right on on the head it's it's schools and housing and housing has a direct relationship to schools i mean kids who move around a lot uh, are more likely to be held back a grade so stable housing stock and schools that we can be proud of from an infrastructure standpoint are both important and you know i'm not ruling out the sidewalks and the roads and the everything else that needs to be done but you need you, you really need to look at both. Now, some of it can certainly be used for innovative programs as long as we realize that we have to pick up the ball and keep going. We squandered the race to the top money on consultants and programs that died as soon as the money ran out. Even the good programs, as soon as the money ran out, they went away. And that's foolish. That's short-sighted. But...
0: When, Wendy, the national issue now is President Biden, is he's got, and he's got Gina Raimondo, the Commerce Secretary, out there with this $2 trillion dollar uh infrastructure bill which goes it's pretty wide sweeping i wonder how this is going to sell with the moderate democrats it's a lot of money even for some people who want to see these programs coming after the initial stimulus and now another two drilling people are like well is nobody paying attention to the debt
2: Well, I mean, the timing on it is that, first of all, you have to see how the economy picks up over the summer. But for the Democrats, this money, and the Republicans, by the way, this money, if it doesn't pass till the summer, which is what people think, then the money really doesn't start to flow for at least a year. You need regulations issued. You need proposals submitted. So then you're getting a lot of money flowing to create shovel-ready or you know, basically building construction jobs, uh, among other things, um, in the summer of 2022 when incumbents are going home to run for re-election. So even the Republican opposition to it, you know, now is to ward off a primary challenge. But a year from now, when that money's flowing, they're going to take as much credit for it as they can, just as the Democrats. So politically the timing is good because it'll pass, you have a year to explain it, but then by the time people are thinking about the election, they're going to see new roads, new bridges, new buildings being built, and probably unemployment levels pretty far down. So that's the plan. That's the hope for the Democrats. But how do
0: you think? Go ahead, Bob. How do you think? I I think David Cicilline has already
3: pointed out the irony that some Republican congressmen are going back to their home districts bragging about the stimulus that just passed that they voted against. So Wendy's right on the money that next summer it's going to be ribbon cuttings every weekend. Yeah, but it, the,
0: the corollary on that, Bob, was you remember when uh, during Trump's election, oh, we're going to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. And then all those Republican congressmen in the deep red states had to go to those like raging mobs who were like, don't take away my health care. Well, right? the joke was, and, we, and somebody pulled
3: this, that a lot of those voters were against Obamacare before the Affordable Care Act without realizing they were exactly the same program.
0: <laughs> uh, I hate to I hate to give time limits again, Ted. I'm going to give you the last minute, minute and a half. Your thoughts on this?
1: You know, I think uh, you know I I watch interest rates to see you know if the debt is unsustainable, and I still don't see much sign that the markets think. Uh, you know, we have a global savings glut and the United States government is the most trusted borrower in the world. And so to the extent that, you know, they're willing to loan money to the government to do infrastructure programs that will have a higher economic value over time than the interest rate we pay on the debt, you know, it seems it seems like there's an argument there. Uh, But, you know, if we start to see that, okay, the market's starting to reprice, you know, how how much debt they really think is sustainable, and if it's going to overheat the economy or crowd out private borrowing, then there'll be more of a conversation about that. I also think you know this is an opening bid. I think from Biden, you know, with the with the corporate tax rate going up and everything to pay for the infrastructure plan, the Chamber of Commerce likes infrastructure spending, even if they don't like the tax increases. There are lots of Republicans. You know, Jack Reed never has trouble finding Republican friends on appropriations for infrastructure spending. Usually, so you know, I think we got to see this is this unlike the rescue plan where they just wanted to get that through as fast and big as possible. I think there's going to be some more sausage making. That's Wendy's specialty in the Senate, especially on this infrastructure bill. So, uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong. They passed the rescue plan faster, but I think that's what I'll be watching.
0: All right, folks, got to hold you once again. Ted Nisi and Wendy Schiller and Bob Walsh, a very fast show and extra bonus segment. Folks, thank you for joining us and come back here next week as a lively experiment.